0: Welcome, pet Peevers, to Chris and Reegs Pep Peeves, a show where we discuss the many aspects of everyday life that irritate us and become our dreaded pet Peeves. I am one of your hosts, Regan
1: Lovig. I'm your other host, Chris Bryson, and this week we are talking about airports. So the vestibules to the rest of the world, the one building infrastructure that can take us anywhere in the world that everybody hates. And what types of type of hate there is? Well, Regan and I will talk specifically about ours today.
0: I'm just chuckling here because I edited our last episode when you introduced this one. You said, Oh, next we were talking about airports, those transitionary areas. <laughs> you just like kept on stumbling and kept them talking about transitions.
1: I had a I had a word in my head and it didn't come out of my mouth. So I was trying to find.
0: Yes, airports, though, they are opening back up, we are inspired to start traveling the world again, so we thought this would be an awesome topic for sure.
1: Indeed, indeed. Well, before we get to that, how's things going, man?
0: Things are okay. I have the keys to my new home. This has been an ongoing process, but I I got keys last week, but I actually couldn't get a moving company to assist until tomorrow so i'm moving, moving everything in and uh, getting things delivered so i have to sleep without blinds and get sun in my eyes it or l- luckily it's winter so it's oh, not right. going to rise at 4 in the morning or anything so i can feel like it. the
1: classic the classic just moved in it's like there's something missing
0: oh yeah i don't have like closet organizer or <laughs> anything so i actually went to canadian tire and purchased a rack that holds like 20 items so i'm just going to throw stuff on there There i have a a gentleman i hired who's actually putting together a closet organizer for me which is super cool like built into the wall so all these little steps but that's definitely occupying my brain and Mm -hmm. also giving me some stress but it's exciting exciting stress so i believe there's good stress it's not all bad this is probably one of the good ones because it's leading me into a new home so I'm embracing that ride, but, and otherwise work is okay. Really cool. Actually, we're recording this on December 1st. And as of last week was the very first winter market for a little town called Naramata. It's just, it's kind of the wine region in Penticton, Mm -hmm. one, one of the many wine regions, and it was such a success. And I was there for work and it was just a blast. Like we saw I probably 300 people come through over a span of three hours, and everyone was just so joyful and so obviously a lot of that's to do with the upcoming holidays. But I think it's also people are pumped to be outside and not talking about stupid pandemic and stuff like that. So it was a blast. I had a great yes. time. So
1: have you guys gotten snow out there yet, or
0: it's a little bit? But you have to drive up pretty high to get there. Um.
1: I just like like in Victoria we don't get much snow but I just see pictures and videos of that like sort of light snow at at night type of environment and I was like oh that's that's like romantic to me it's like I was like I want to walk in that
0: well said I agree you're going to be shocked I don't know how the weather is there but today we got some crazy heat wave coming through oh yeah it it hit 21 degrees today oh wow yeah and this goes to show the climate that we're the climate change and everything it's just insane i don't think i've ever been in december 1st
1: yeah And yeah. for
0: context for people like penticton is the okanagan valley it's not like living in alaska where we're only an hour from the border to the states but it's still mm-hmm. it's in the mountains and it can get some good snow and mm-hmm. to be december 1st and that warm is pretty strange
1: mm-hmm. but how about you how are things in the island things are going pretty good just I'm at the point now where it's just counting down the days to the holidays. I have a good 10 days off and sort of and like other times when I take time off, it's it's hard to completely disconnect from work. But that, that week of Christmas, it's like no one really bugs me because like nothing's going on at the community center. So it's a like complete shut off. So
0: it's like the ultimate time off. Yeah, no doubt. This is the first year in my decade plus career in recreation and working community centers where I haven't well, I'm actually forced to leave because my office now is the main office where there's like a hundred oh, nice. employees. So mm-hmm. we were forced to leave. It would take vacation.
1: Nice.
0: Yeah. Like like it is nice, but I actually don't mind when you work at a rec center and this thing is going on, you, you can make up for it later and get days off when it's not as mm-hmm. crazy, but I'm okay with that. I also, I actually get 12 days off. So I'm pretty excited. Ooh. Shit. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. Well, that's good, dude. And, what do you got planned for the holidays just chilling just chilling yeah like we'll have family time um,
1: up island and that but yeah do my best to sleep in watch a bunch of movies and just yeah just reset yeah
0: much needed what have you watched <laughs> lately and what do you plan to watch during the holidays let's do it <laughs>
1: um well so I, I i took your lead so I, i'm on letterbox now yes so um, awesome the one movie, yeah the one movie i watched recently I, I re-watched it was uh thank you for smoking
0: oh man that used to be one of my favorites i love that movie i haven't watched it in years how, how
1: is yeah, it yeah yeah i haven't watched it in probably at least 10 12 years at least but I, I realized like i watched it really liked it but i realized that it's like a sub genre that i really enjoy its main character is really good at their job and we're just going to show you how they're really good at their job and that's the whole movie. Yeah. So like, you know, you know, most of those like, you know, assassins movies or something like that where it's like instead of just it all being killing it's being like this is them really good at their job. So that's what a big chunk of Thank You for Smoking is. And I was like, oh yeah, that's a, that's one part I really enjoy. It's just here's someone that is killing it
0: and that's just it. Yeah, uh, good point. I know there's some little things like his relationship with the son and Stuff like that, but I think it all kind of leads into just him being good yeah. at his job, right?
1: Yeah, like all the other there's there's definitely more to the movie than just he's good at his job. But like I we talked about I care a lot, the movie I watched today, it was like a while ago we talked about it. And the first half I really enjoyed because it just showed Rosamund Pike doing her job really well and how she did her job really well. And I was really into that sort of thing. So that's yeah.
0: great. Actually makes me think of one of the Tarantino movie, obviously, is most popular probably is Pulp Fiction. And there's all this talk about how he's made a script for the two brothers who would be John Travolta and Pulp Fiction and Michael Madsen or Mr. Blonde and mm-hmm. Reservoir Dogs are actually brothers in his mm-hmm. universe he's created. And there's been all this talk about him doing that. There's spinoff talk about uh, Uma Thurman's character and Kill Bill. And yet there's never been talk about the wolf from Pulp Fiction. Mm-hmm. You know, I love it, man, how he came in to solve problems. And it just showed mm-hmm. that he was him being good at his job. And that was like, my, that's my favorite part of that movie is him coming in and just saying, okay, I solve problems. And, it, and it's, that's exactly <laughs> what he said. And he goes and does it. I'm like, I want to see a spinoff with this guy because that would be fantastic.
1: I don't know the exact numbers, but just him on the phone being like, it's a 30 minute drive, I'll be there in 10. You're right. I think that's yeah.
0: exactly it. Yeah. yeah. Just like it, the I confident. think it says on the bottom, like eight or nine minutes later.
1: Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> yeah, pretty awesome. Mm. Have oh, you, man? Any, what have you been watching lately?
0: I have a heavy one for you. And oh, nice. it's also a weird genre that for some reason I'm drawn to, even though it's a slow burn pun intended here, but it's Mississippi burning okay I've not watched that no so it's 1988 it's about the Ku Klux Klan in Mississippi and it's Mm -hmm. both Gene Hackman who I don't know if I ever told you like Gene Hackman is one of my favorites of all time Mm -hmm. I'll watch anything he does I'll watch a real book and Willem Dafoe who is also just captivating Mm -hmm. and he's young Willem Dafoe is only around 30 years old just super baby face a young Francis McDormand playing a character she rarely plays he's kind of the damsel in distress but like the the one that men long for and she she played it really well and but it was a tough watch but it was a, a really engaging and then there was awesome music uh young michael rooker playing you guessed it a super racist bastard <laughs> so was really good is get his start yeah. yeah and like him saying boy just like he did <laughs> in guardians of the galaxy but this time boy following like the n-word yeah, yeah. really it was, it, was it was gnarly, but I highly suggest it. It's on Amazon Prime, and I really liked it, man. I, I can't believe how engaged it was. And I sat through the entire thing, it's two hours. So it's not overly long, but for a Ku Klux Klan based movie, you'd
1: think that mm. you'd want to take a break. So it's yeah. really good. I think when they presented like Michael Rooker and Guardians of the Galaxy, it's like, yeah, Yo, okay, you're going to be playing an alien, but you're essentially just going to be Michael Rooker, but blue. because he he just plays himself or 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 at least who he is in walking dead because i feel like most people that's how they know him
0: yeah well that actually what i was going to ask you how do you know him was yeah walking dead was my my first introduction to my coworker because that's what you're right that's where he became a little more mainstream but i have awesome memories of him playing a good guy believe it or not from two movies one it was cliffhanger because i loved cliffhanger Mm -hmm. That was one of my favorite 90s movies that The Rock, Bad Boys, like just obsessed with those stupid action movies. And he was so good in Cliffhanger and also in Tombstone. He played a small role in Tombstone, but everyone played a small role in Tombstone. So,
1: yeah,
0: yeah he, he was that's where I remembered him from. But it wasn't until Walking Dead. I'm like, who is this guy again? And then he just blew up, which I mm-hmm. finally am happy in his late 50s. He finally became big because mm-hmm. I think he's great.
1: Yeah, indeed.
0: But that's all I got. I mean, I watched I finished Squid Game. Squid Game was pretty awesome. Yeah,
1: yeah I went through that too.
0: Yeah, I thought it was just beautifully made. I really uh, okay. it.
1: I, I like that it's just like when you all the different sets and stuff, like it's oh. all it's all created, it's all built. Like that's that's sort of like a behind the scenes thing that I find awesome. Yeah. Where it's like a contained, like you can tell it's like all filmed on a set, but the sets they build are just so cool. Yeah.
0: Really well designed. (laughs) All right, dude. Well, should we get into our episode on airports? Let's do that.
1: All right. So we'll do the back and forth as usual in terms of our airport pet peeves. Um, As I am the one talking right now, I'll get started with my first pet peeve. Um, I guess it's it's a twofer just in terms of what it's about, but um, as I mentioned off the first, off the bat, airports essential to a lot of things in the world, but everyone just hates them. It's just like this collective environment of misery. And I I guess specifically in terms of that is how everyone thinks that their airport in their home city is the worst. And it's like this big fight for which airport is the worst. To my, you know, I don't think I've ever heard someone rave about their airport. It's just like oh, I live in LA and LAX is the worst, or I live in New York and LaGuardia is the worst, or like whatever city you're in, it's just, yep, my airport's the worst. And I guess living in smaller cities, even Victoria, which is not a small city, but a smaller city, you're kind of spoiled when you live in a small city with a small airport. But I imagine there's people out there that still hate Victoria Airport too. I
0: wonder if Victoria Airport, pet peeve that people have of it's just that it's, like far away, and you have to go through. <laughs> it's not even that far, but you have to. It's go not, yeah, on. like no, compared to like
1: like, I I lived in Toronto when I was an infant, but I've been to the Toronto Airport, and that that trek to the Toronto Airport is something. We're here. It's like to Victoria. It's like oh, yeah, just twenty minutes up one highway. It's we're getting kind of spoiled here. We just have that really annoying um, traffic circle. Or traffic circles plural yeah by there which you get used to but it's kind of bizarre that how they built it
0: i agree that's what i was thinking is that and it goes through a little bit you're on the highway but you go through some residential areas so even though it's not that far it just feels far because it's just slow especially go at five o'clock in the afternoon oh yeah,
1: yeah. you have to compete with the ferry traffic too so
0: well, that's an interesting one, Chris. I'm going a devil's advocate because I actually know plenty of people from Vancouver who brag about that airport. And I really do like the Vancouver airport. And I actually don't mind Kelowna airport where I grew up. And I liked Victoria
1: airport where I lived <laughs> for many years, but maybe I'm just thinking major city, or I guess Vancouver is a major city, but it seems in terms of what I've heard is a lot of complaining. Mind you, like YVR in Vancouver is like I've been to their airport plenty. I think having like the SkyTrain there, like there's a lot of things that are super positive about it in terms of like I just landed in Vancouver. I need to get downtown. One, it's inexpensive, and two, they leave like every 15 minutes.
0: Yeah, and I think it's 25 minutes to get downtown. Like it's exactly. So yeah. you are right, though. I I have heard a lot of people complain about their own cities, mm-hmm. so I'm with you. I just know that the the cities that I has spent most of my time and people have actually said I like this one but I know a lot of people who I when I was in film school in Los Angeles they're just like oh I hate this city but I <laughs> loved it because I was a 19 year old living in a yeah. faraway land I'm like this is cool just wide-eyed yeah exactly and every time I went there I was like just so <laughs> living in a fantasy world, thinking that I would see a celebrity. So I was like, this is cool.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. At any moment.
0: (laughs) Yeah. yeah, yeah, You're saying there's 12 million that
1: live in this city and I'm going to see a celebrity. Yeah. Well, I think too, if you took like, like one person from every major city where apparently their airport sucks and you asked them to list why everyone would have the exact same answers. Like none of these airports are uniquely bad. Yeah, true. It's all the same. So, so you're not special with your airport. Everyone has their problems with theirs.
0: Good pet peeve. My first one is simply B.O. Body odor.
1: Oh man. Yeah. That's a good one.
0: Yeah. And I kind of, I'm going to actually transition to a, a related but secondary pet peeve in that. So the B.O. is the main one. You smell it. And it's not like I really get mad about it because I, I actually I get it. You're traveling for oh, yeah. long. I mentioned this in an episode recently, I went to South Africa, it took me 44 hours to get there and I didn't shower at all. Mm-hmm. On the way back, I actually stopped at, in Heathrow and I jumped, they actually had public showers and that was mm-hmm. awesome and it's rare. And that's part of my pet peeve. Why don't they have a place, for, like, unless you pay to go into a lounge, which is really frustrating. You should just have, even if they're kind of shitty showers, have the option or maybe just let me throw in a loony or a dollar and -hmm. i can shower for 30 seconds it's give me a quick rinse Mm -hmm. but you you expect us to sit there for delays for 12 hours smelling up the place eating (laughs) shitty ass food yeah and we're just yeah all of a sudden we have no options to get clean it's a little frustrating i get it there's budget involved but The bo is just a—you smell it walking through there sometimes, especially when you go international and you see people. You see the sign and you leave in Vancouver and it says Australia. Like, oh, these guys are prepping for a long trip. I bet you they're transitioning from somewhere else, so they're gonna smell.
1: I think too, it's like a a collection of things that just exacerbate it. Like you're you're stressed or you're in a rush, and then it's just like like just so like I mentioned this in our episode last time, just like. The uncomfortableness of flying, I feel like, makes you makes you perspirate and makes you smell worse too. And yeah, it's just that and then it's just like a group of humans all together in one tube. Stress Pretty man. Accessible. Yeah. Stress is I think it's
0: uh I need to read this before I say it's quoted as this, but I actually think it's scientifically proven that like stress will cause like a certain smell and, on certain people for sure. And the foods you eat, if you have an allergy or something, oh. smells come out from that. So if you're stressed out, like your body's
1: gonna react. You get like, I feel like you get pasties in your mouth. So then your breath gets bad too. And you're just like <laughs> slopping up, you're like, bah, 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 like trying to get that like dryness out of your mouth. Then you're just passing on your bad breath to everyone else. Yes.
0: <laughs> That's my first. What's your second? Yeah, that, that, that was like a,
1: a visceral reaction. That was a good one. Yeah.
0: Oh, I passionate.
1: Yeah. Uh, my second one is why are airports all so different, like physically, <laughs> like in terms of how they're built? I feel like what we need to do in the world is just like dem- demolition every airport and just have three types of airports.
0: No, that's the excitement, Chris, is to go to sure. a new place.
1: Airport? Well, you're going to a place, like if you're flying to Sydney, Australia. You're not going to like marvel at, like, ooh, the airport was really nice. You're going to go visit the rest of the, the country. I'm just thinking you need a small airport, a medium airport, and a large airport. And they're all the same. <laughs> the like gates Jordan. are in the same place. And like if you're flying to this country, it's going to be in this part of the airport. If you're flying to this country, it's going to be in a different part. And keep it all similar. So take
0: the in and out burger route, where you only have four choices. Exactly. Small, medium, large, extra large. Yeah. Maybe an extra large if you if if we get space travel in the future. Yeah, well, it's coming. So start designing that one.
1: There you (laughs) go. No, I was was just thinking it was just like their function is all the same, and it's just they're just so wildly different. Especially big airports. Like small airports are all pretty kind of similar. Like it's pretty pretty simple travel. Mm -hmm. But for large airports, it's just like, like when we were flying back from Ontario, we had a very short layover between Calgary and Victoria. And I was like, okay, we got to get moving. And then I was just like, oh, we're on the complete opposite side of the airport to get there. Luckily they have those um, people driving around to give you, give you rides and stuff in Calgary, but. You don't pull a uh, home alone and
0: just sprint through while run run Rudolph is playing in the background. Yeah, really.
1: we weren't in that much of a rush, but it's just like, if you think, if you think you're flying from Calgary to Victoria, the distance you have to travel, especially when you're, we you were flying from Toronto the distance you have to travel walking wise to your gate should be similar to the distance you have to travel by plane so calgary victoria is not that far so the walk to your gate shouldn't be that far either
0: <laughs> dude i like that argument it's a good one i don't think as an architect yeah yeah i feel like i'm
1: also just shitting on people whose job is quite hard in terms of the the layout of a airport and it's, there's a lot more intricacies than i'm making light of right now i'm making a lot <laughs> Seems a lot more simple than it probably is. So.
0: I wonder if it, some of it might have to do due to the land that they're on, or leasing, or what. Maybe, like maybe there's a certain you can't build over to the left more because of it's ARL land, so they all of a sudden have to go the other way, and you have to change the design as a result. Probably a lot of factors.
1: I imagine. Yeah it's it's not a, it's not a, just a simple like apartment building sort of thing. It's <laughs> so. all I guess it's, I guess it's a bit more complex than I'm making it seem, but still they should build the exact same building over and over again for airports
0: all over the world. I like it dude. I like my, I like the specific pet peeve.
1: Yeah. And that also like tracks into like how hard it is to drive to and from airports and how it's just like, but each airport's like uniquely difficult.
0: What is the most difficult airport you've been in? And what is the best airport you've been in? And let's, talk, let's narrow it down to logistically just walking through it.
1: Well, best is easy, because I can just say the um, airport in Kingston, Ontario.
0: Because you know it's and a military, lot.
1: Because of- you fly to... So Kingston, for the, for the listeners out there, is sort of southeastern Ontario. And it's not an international airport. You're flying to Montreal, you're flying to Ottawa, you're flying to Toronto. I think that's it. Maybe to Hamilton, sort of just sort of Southern Ontario and Quebec. I think there's three or four gates. I was once on a plane with one other person to Toronto. Wow. They're just like super like, you know, all that, like you need to show up two hours before your flight leaves. You're like, no, I don't. You can show up half an hour before and they'll, they'll, they won't they they will will load you until like two minutes before the plane actually takes off so Kingston Airport or any airport of that size for sure yeah a little bit of a cheat but okay go on yeah how about you what's your your best airport I would
0: there's two that come to mind so Seattle I think is really good it's huge and it might seem confusing but they're the way they design it and there's maps everywhere I think it's actually really easy to navigate I like that. And they have an underground subway that's made specifically for the airport. It doesn't leave, it just goes back and forth. They haven't, they always they didn't always have that. But I think in the past 15, 20 years, they have at least and I've I think it's really awesome, easy to follow. Cause what you said earlier, Seattle that happened all the time. I would fly in domestic like domestically, and then have to go to the complete other side of the airport, taking a bus or running there. sometimes you couldn't run there, you had to take a bus and go outside to the other side. And it would take you almost miss my flight numerous times. Whereas now you just jump in the subway and you're there within seconds. So it's well, well designed. And then the other one is Honolulu. I think a lot of that is just because it feels like you're in paradise and you're outside. Yeah, true. Makes Maybe, you feel it's good. just one big oval from what I recall. So that was pretty simple to navigate around and yeah, you're outside the entire time. So even if you're waiting, you're like, oh shit, man, I'm, it's 30 degrees and I'm sweating the balls off.
1: Yeah. It's a good, good dose of dopamine to make you feel better being at an airport
0: in terms of my worst i know you haven't said yours yet but my worst the airport i actually don't remember a whole lot but i was so (laughs) i had a lot of pet peeves in the austin airport oh not austin part of houston houston texas it was just brutal i didn't couldn't find a healthy op food option anywhere so many people i couldn't i got lost in that place i just didn't have the best experience but a lot of that was contextual like the context was that i was Traveling back from New York, and I was delays after delays. It took me over a day to get home, and it should have taken me eight hours. So that was where I was really frustrated. But I remember the airport
1: just pissing the hell out of me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't have strong feelings in a negative way to any airports, but I think if I had to pick one, it'd be Pearson Airport in Toronto. And I could be wrong. Like it's it's. I think it's the airport that I've flown out of the most. The thing is massive, and I don't think there's any like proper transport.
0: There's like, a great one that is at Heathrow. It takes you right to downtown again and a bunch of stops, yeah. but that's different than the actual airport. Yeah.
1: There's some subways from like um, like close by hotels, which is nice. But specifically, I remember once, uh, when it was when I was lived in the Yukon and I was flying from the Yukon to Vancouver to Toronto to go home to visit family. And my flight was like six hours delayed out of, out of Whitehorse. And eventually got to Toronto and, you know, because of the delay my flight to Kingston had already happened. So I sort of had to look at other options and I remember going and the woman's like, it's a, you know, 40 minute, 45 minute flight. And she's like, Oh yeah, we have one more flight to Kingston today. And it's $800. Which is like in a normal situation, if you're booking, it's like an $80 flight. So I was like, Oh, so I took the, like the $3 megabus, from Toronto to Kingston, it's a bit, bit longer and more uncomfortable, but way cheaper, so.
0: Jeez. Yeah. Uh, for time's sake, I will move on to my last one here. And, uh, mine is, actually, Chris, let me paint you a picture. Let's get dramatic here. <laughs> you just got off a plane. You're uncomfortable. All those things you mentioned yeah. before, you're sitting beside someone, let's say someone who's a mouth breather, someone who's eaten and drank a bunch, you're uncomfortable. You know, you have to take another flight back home and you're going to wait in the airport for a little bit. You, you're exhausted. You've been flying for 12 hours. You smell, there's no shower. Mm-hmm. You know what? To, you get off the plane, you're like, I just want to lay down. You look around, you see lounges, but it's like, minimum 20 to 30 dollars to get in there Mm -hmm. you just came back from vegas you spent all your money on the (laughs) and you you can't afford that i just want to go have a quick lay down somewhere you look over and there's people laying on the ground and there's a handful of chairs and they all have armrests in between them except there's three that's made for oompa loompas to sleep down Mm -hmm. in not people who are over five foot five yeah and you can't lay down anywhere. So my pet peeve is <laughs> that you have no option to lay down on a even a lounger. I think they might be changing now. You can put in money and like put your legs out in a lounge chair, but I can't believe that we don't have the option just to have a few chairs or I don't wanna say beds, but a place to just lie your head
1: mm-hmm. somewhat
0: comfortably. And there's nothing like that. So I'm just expected to sit, but I've been doing already in a plane for so long irritates me every time I get there. I just see people strewn about on gross ass ground.
1: I'm yeah. like,
0: just throw in some seats where you can sit someone who's up to six foot four. Like that's, I think that's enough.
1: So what you're saying is your pet peeve is armrests. A little bit actually. Yeah, because if
0: those weren't there, I'd stretch out. And I understand yeah. that there's people who need to sit. I'm not a jerk about it. If, people, if there's a huge amount of people there, obviously I'm not gonna lay down. I think it's super rude. But if there's not many people, let me lie down, give me the option to put those armrests up or remove them.
1: Yeah, I might, I might be speaking as, as the kids say, out of pocket again, but I, f- I feel like there's, there's a, a misuse of space at airports. There the is. amount of open space at airports is very high. And I, I imagine that's because of the amount of people walking through and they need to have open areas for that amount of traffic. But I feel like it's like the amount of seats to the amount of space, in an airport is the ratios off
0: it's off 100 yeah. <laughs> percent but it's funny I'm gonna finish by saying something positive this I still get a lot of energy from the airports I just like people watching I like seeing people traveling and hustling busting a little bit so all this is super nitpicky neither Chris or I are people who just like go around being upset all the time but airports can definitely set you off but a lot of times I finish by being like oh that's I just love the energy. I look over and say that person is as bad as they smell because they haven't showered or laid down anywhere comfortably. They are jovial because they're going somewhere, and that's pretty awesome.
1: I did have a quick question before we move on to our next bit about airports. Is because um, I imagine, like maybe I'm wrong, but I imagine in your time traveling, um, any famous people um, encounters at airports, or even just like. Seen, seen them
0: yeah so i i had two where i saw them in the airport and then they came into the same plane as me it was, oh, one was three years ago i saw kevin smith oh nice yeah i've really he was part of the crazy indie boom of movies in the early to mid 90s which is my era and he meant a lot to me he still does he's just such a geek and i really like him so that was pretty cool so i actually decided to keep quiet on that one i just admired and he was one seat ahead of me in the plane so I could have just been an asshole and kicked his seat a bunch but <laughs> so that was pretty cool I saw him in the airport in Vancouver and he was getting a foot massage so that's how I first saw him and the second person was actually Pamela Anderson oh wow yeah and I was with my parents and I point everyone's and my family were coming back from a cruise in LA this is four or five years ago mm-hmm. I pointed him out and we all remembered my dad was doing some kind of a charity event in vancouver and she was there and they chatted so i said dad go up to her and he he even let me finish the sentence he was over there so he introduced us which is super cool Uh,
1: she,
0: she remembered him and so she shook my hand and she looked great man like it was pretty cool she was super friendly and she was heading back up to ladysmith so i told where she's from and vancouver island there for people who don't know it's actually just an hour and a bit north of where chris is living now and she grew up there so it's a small little town and she was heading back there for Christmas so it's
1: kind of neat. Nice. How about you? Um, I've had a few. Um, first one was uh, Mike Holmes. Oh yeah. Yeah it was funny too because he's in Vancouver and because he's you know he's a very distinct guy so it's not hard to like like know who he is and like I'm not one to be like ooh, it's a famous person I'm gonna go talk to him but then I saw other people talk to him that were also handy people So they were actually like talking about stuff. So I was like, I have nothing to provide to a conversation like this. So I'll just leave you alone. Um, Then I also had the most Canadian type of um, celebrity encounters was because it was when we were in school during the 2010 Olympics, I was flying because we had reading week was during the end of the Olympics. And I was flying back from, from Kingston to come back to school. And I was in Vancouver which I don't, I think it was the last day of the Olympics. So a lot of athletes were actually leaving. So it's like, saw the whole like Canadian curling team. Oh, that babe, she was so smoking hot. <laughs> what was her name? But it's just, it's, it's, it's fun. Well, I was, I was looking up like, um like Glenn Howard, like the, yep. the famous girl. It's like, no one outside of Canada would know who Glenn Howard was, but it's like, you see him, I'm like, oh yeah, that's Glenn Howard, the curler. Like everyone knows who he is here. Totally, I can picture him right now. Yeah. And then my last one, I'm like 95% sure this was the case. It was a while ago. I don't know if it's my brain just telling me, but it was like 2002. Um, went to Florida with my parents and in the Orlando airport. I'm pretty sure I saw uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar.
0: Dude, how many people are that big? Not that many. Well, exactly.
1: Or someone that's seven feet
0: tall. So, Wait, Did you just pop a boner and just got so excited?
1: <laughs> I wasn't that big a basketball fan then as much as I was now, but it was distinct enough and like it was far away but like when you're seven feet tall you stand out pretty well so yeah those are pretty, pretty sure you can't hide anyways february if, if kareem abdul jabbar is listening it was february 2002 in orlando around like mid to late february so
0: let us know if we want to guest star kareem yeah <laughs> what, what are your pet peeves <laughs> well he was in the movie air airplane so that would be yeah. pretty odd <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: Welcome back everyone. We're trying a new segment today, a quick one, where we step away from our main topic this week of airports to do a little lightning round of pet peeves. So no real discussion except for clarification at the end but Regan and I will just back and forth lightning round short pet peeves that we have and then at the end if we want to clarify a couple we'll do so.
0: All right Chris you start us off. I'm already ready to start laughing.
1: All right. (laughs) So my first one is staplers. (laughs) My first one is forgetting something upstairs. The fact that envelopes you have to lick still exist. So true. When someone watches me cook. Getting comfortable. (laughs) What? Uh, Super loud stomach
0: noises.
1: (laughs) Uh, the, The thought of how long we have and we can still call it the pound sign before everyone just thinks it's hashtag. Ooh, yeah.
0: I think everyone can relate to this one, stubbing or toe. Oof,
1: uh, my last one is back hair. I can't relate. Staining, <laughs> staining new wa- newly washed clothes. Ugh. There you go. Uh, what was it? your first one was li- leaving stuff upstairs? was it oh dude i
0: hate it I, yeah. obviously if you don't have stairs it's like whatever but even if you get into your car and realize you forgot your wallet and if you go back in just for oh, yeah. the ocean of forgetting something irritates the hell out of me I, it's such a stupid thing of mine i might like, get so frustrated <laughs> just to have to yeah. go back into some place that you've already departed from it's like well, no i already said my goodbyes i don't need
1: to go back in i've already moved on to the next chapter and i gotta go back yeah. <laughs> i find that happens a lot my car is parked up top on the road, which is our driveway, is up a hill, and I have to go get some um, lunch dishes from there when we're done, and it's like going to take me two minutes, but I'm just like, ugh, why? Why do I have to do that? <laughs> especially when I could have just brought it in with me, but it's too difficult. really.
0: <laughs> so for back here, Chris, do you? Because from what I know of you, you don't
1: rectify that; like you just let it go. Hey, you don't you don't go and trim there. Ah, uh, no, I do. It with the, so so my main thing is that. I am a very body hair um, present. Like I have a lot of it. Um, <laughs> Your descriptions are gold. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'm 100% fine with my chest hair. There's a lot of it, but sort of like how it is made up on my body. I'm like, cool. But just like back hair. And the thing is, I don't really have an excuse anymore because I'm married and I have a wife who is happily would shave my back. So maybe I shouldn't complain about it. So that's on me.
0: Good. Well, for the record, man, I don't think it's overly hairy. I've
1: seen some people that it's like, whoa, you can't even see their skin. Oh yeah, yeah, like, I'm sort of like, I'd say I'm middle of the line. Maybe maybe upper middle class in terms of body hair, but yeah, there's ones where it's like they start to curl. I, ha- I had an old buddy of mine picture, he yeah, was wearing a wife beater and the dude has like hairy shoulders to the max and I saw a picture from afar and I was like, thought he got a bunch of new tattoos. I was like oh that's cool and then I was like oh no that's just shoulder hair. Never mind.
0: <laughs> well, that's lightning peas for you guys. We'll be we'll, we'll do that every episode. We're just going to throw one random mm-hmm. ones out. Probably do five each back and forth as fast as we can.
1: Yeah, so next week we are hoping to have you folks back. We're going to discuss the ever loving the most important parts of our lives still bug the hell out of you children and all their forms so please listen next week as we discuss not just today's children but children of futures past
0: we will not get too vicious with this one (laughs) but but, (laughs) i'm probably i'm already thinking of several that i did as a kid so i'm probably going to pick on Uh, kids like me
1: the thing is too as people that have worked with kids quite a lot, each each of us. I feel like we could get pretty vicious, but yeah. Man, between Maybe the two of us,
0: I think we have probably two decades worth of working with kids.
1: Yeah. This will be our our backup to the movies, Pep Bees, where we do multiple episodes.
0: Yeah. Same with animals, same with yeah. human body.
1: Exactly. The cron part of the chrono the chronological ones where I just do them over and over again. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks everyone for listening to us talk about airports today. We hope to hear you folks to come into our podcast. I'm brutalizing this exit, but we'll see you next week.
0: (laughs) Uh, (laughs) It's because you're tired. You didn't get a place to lay down in an airport. That's true. Too many armrests. Too many armrests. Everybody see you next week.
1: See ya.